You're listening to The Weird Sisters, Harry Potter Reread, Episode 16. On today's show, we discuss Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, Chapters 10, 11, and 12. Hello and welcome to The Weird Sisters. I'm Danielle. And I'm Allison. And today we're back with The Prisoner of Azkaban and... There's lots of good stuff in these chapters. There's so much going on. <laughs> yes. So let's get into it. Okay. So we start with the Marauder's Map as our first chapter. Yeah. But we wake up in the hospital wing. Yes. Because we've had a rather embarrassing incident <laughs> where we fell off our room and lost the Quidditch match. Yeah, that was a bummer. Yes. And he's feeling and... sad about it. Yeah, I like... Harry says that he felt like he lost one of his friends because his broom got splintered. Yeah, it is tragic. But Ginny tries to cheer him up with the singing card, so that's (laughs) nice. Yeah, it's funny because we still get these little tidbits that she kind of has the puppy dog love for him. But she's not legitimized in any other way yet. Like, Harry doesn't care one iota about this. Yes. So, you think she obviously has this relationship in mind from the beginning, right? Knowing her, yes. Yeah. But you're right. I never... I was very surprised when it actually turned into a real thing. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's not expected. We kind of forget these early chapters... Or we dismiss them as being, you know, fawning from afar. Yeah. Well, uh, but he's also worried about the Grimm, too. Yeah, he thinks he's doomed to die. Well, he is Harry (laughs) Potter. It's kind of right. Doomed to die slash be the hero of the entire world. It's a toss-up, really. Right. I mean, you have to walk that fine line. Yes. (laughs) Though I did, and I was kind of wondering about this earlier, right? So when the Dementors come, he, you know, he hears the screaming and all of that. But we don't really get confirmation until this scene that Harry knows who that is. Yeah, you pointed that out and I was like, wait, really? Because I just assume, I'm like, duh, it's obvious. Who it is. Well, but we know the story. Yeah. All he hears at first is like, no, no, like, don't take him or something. So that's not necessarily intuitive. I guess. It's hard. It's, yeah, it does seem obvious, but maybe you're right. Maybe it's not the first time you read it. Yeah, but then he, like, I think he hears a little bit more each time, and now he's like, oh, this is bad. Yeah, that, that's a bit heavy. but and we'll talk about this later it's also like but this is my mother and there's a connection there yeah yep so uh then he has finally has to go back to class he can't stay around moping in the hospital wing the rest of the school year yeah does anyone skip class at hogwarts well, Hermione was a cat for like a month. I don't think she went to class. <laughs> well, no, but that was an excused absence. Oh. I mean, you can't just like ditch second period and go loiter in the lake or something. They Why seem not? to know. Because they would know you live there too. Like, where are you going to go? 
Don't you get in trouble? I guess. Detention in the Forbidden Forest, but... I don't know, it just seems very obligatory that you go to class. Okay. Well, what, you you wouldn't skip class at Hogwarts? What a waste. <laughs> That's true. But I do like, you know, he's getting harassed mostly by Malfoy, doing fainting impressions. Mm-hmm. I love the image that Ron throws a crocodile heart at Malfoy. and the, But what really stood out to me is he loses 50 points. First going a crocodile heart. T- I saw that too. The point escalation in these books is insane. Yeah, because at first it's like five is a lot, and then suddenly fifty's getting tossed around, and then fifty later is extreme again. So yeah, yeah, right. point inflation. You see. <laughs> oh. But the good news is, is they don't have to do that stupid essay that Snape assigned them. Yeah, of course, Hermione's already done it. Yes. Well, you think she's the only one who's done it? Yeah. She's the only person who does her homework ahead of time. Well, it wasn't due yet. Maybe some other people started it, but they also were so indignant about it from the beginning. Yes, although the fact that she did the essay, I believe, actually comes back around. Right, because then she knows. Yes. Um, and... So then, you know, Harry and Lupin are having some heart-to-hearts, which I like. <laughs> I kind I like the that he becomes weirdly close with Lupin as a teacher before he like Lupin is part of the order and everything. Yes, but I kind of forget that it's sort of awkward. <laughs> well, it it kind of would be awkward in real life, don't you think? But if your teacher is just like, hmm, come have some tea with me. Yeah, that's awkward, even if he's nice. Yeah, yeah. So it's weird. Like, Harry's not quite sure what to make of it yet. Yeah. But Lupin reveals that he's asking about the broom. Oh, and, you know, commiserating about the broom being destroyed by the Whomping Willow. And Mm -hmm. he reveals, oh, the Whomping Willow was planted the year he came to Hogwarts. Hint, hint. But it wasn't planted because of him. Was yes, that the it, plan from the beginning? I mean, I know it, it was later. I think it was planted because of him. So, the tunnel was always there? To go to the shoot? I don't know. Was the tunnel always there? I don't know. Or was that added? I'm not sure if we know that. We'll have to see. Yeah. Well, I guess probably at the end of the this book, we'll get that right. whole spiel. Yep, yep. Um, and, you know, he talks to him about the Dementors and how he's afraid that he's a giant sissy because he faints. <laughs> yeah. Though, I don't know, do you accept Lupin's answer? That the Dementors affect him more because stuff has happened to Harry? Yeah, right? He says, like, you have all this horrible stuff, which makes sense with the Dementors, but I... Has really no one else had anything bad happen to them? Yeah, because you know who should really be affected? Is Neville, I feel like. Oh. Neville's... Well, I guess Neville's in a similar situation because his parents... Uh, 
lost their minds probably when he was a baby, right? Because it was the same, around the same time as when Harry's parents were killed. Yeah. So I guess he never really knew. I was thinking more that he knew his parents, but I guess he didn't really know his parents either. But he has to, well, he knows them now, sort of. Like, he has to see them. Terrible. Yes. It is terrible. Which is worse? Like, not ever knowing your parents is sane and only seeing them as completely addled? Or knowing them as people and then seeing them completely addled? That's the worst would you rather ever. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. Um, Unfortunately, I have not experienced either, personally. My guess is both would choose, would want the other, right? Yeah. You know, Harry wants any connection, and Neville or whoever, like, that's really hard, and then there's this burden and guilt and obligation, but it's painful, so. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, we got to talk about Neville, and I don't remember what in the world we were actually talking about. If no one else has suffered enough to care. I mean, she kind of... Like, we get the comment on the train, like, Ginny reacts a little bit stronger. But I don't... Certainly what happened to Harry was bad, but if it's based on memory, his memory isn't that strong of it. Like, of the incident, his memory is not strong. He just knows that bad things have happened to him. Well, the Dementors seem to bring out what little memory there is, right? Yeah, but he doesn't know... I guess he hears it before he faints, but I don't know. I'm just not sold on the, <laughs> the oh, no one is as wonderful and horrible as me, Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of, I, I was thinking about that a little bit too, and I was kind of like, Harry actually has had a crappy life, but most of that crappiness is being raised by people who hate you. Like, he doesn't seem to think about that when the Dementors come around. The fact that he's been treated like crap his whole life. Yeah, I mean, it's precipitated by the beginning. Yeah. I I don't know. I'm just skeptical. Okay. That's all. Well, you know, I think it's fine. It's not, it doesn't stick out like a sore thumb. Mm. Mm. Okay. Maybe Allison disagrees a little bit. Or wait, because what's Luna's story? That's her mother died. Right. I forget how. I forget how her mother died. Yeah. You know, like, so other people have had death and loss. Yeah. All right. That's all. Okay. (laughs) I'll leave it at that. Okay. Well, since we're talking about Dementors... Lupin is kind of giving the the down low on Dementors, our most detailed explanation. So I thought I would just read that little passage, which is on page 187 of my book. Dementors are among the foulest creatures that walk this earth. They infest the darkest, filthiest places. They glory in decay and despair. They drain peace, hope, and happiness out of the air around them. Even muggles feel their presence, though they can't get see them. Get too near a Dementor, and feel, and every good feeling, every happy memory will be sucked out of you. If it can, the Dementor will feed on you long enough to reduce you to something like itself, soulless and evil. You'll be left with nothing but the worst experiences of your life, 
and the worst that happened to you, Harry, is enough to make anyone fall off their broom. You have nothing to feel ashamed of. They are grody. Fun, yeah. And, <clears throat> as we mentioned last time, like, not real, but real. Oh, yeah. Okay, I originally wanted to talk about, um, like, I thought I'd find some sweet Dementor info on Pottermore. I was just looking that up right now. <laughs> okay. And I didn't put anything in the notes because I didn't see anything new or interesting. Now, granted, I looked for, like, eight minutes. But I was surprised because I wanted to know, I thought there'd be a story about how the Dementors came to be. Um... Yeah, they, I had read, shoot, and I should have pulled it, but it doesn't, it's probably not giving the specifics you want, but when I, I'm going to see if I can find what talks about how Azkaban came to be, it talks a little bit about that. Um, basically, Azkaban has a really weird history. Like, it was this personal playground of one weird guy. And, oh, alone in the middle of the ocean, he lured, tortured, and killed muggle sailors, apparently for pleasure. Oh, so he's a serial killer. <laughs> well, yeah, that guy. So, and, like, it was, the island was concealed. It was only after he died that the Ministry of Magic realized that the island existed. And it says those who entered to investigate refused afterwards to talk of what they had found inside. But the least frightening part of it was the place was infested with Dementors. So they didn't originate there, but right, infesting those dark, terrible places. Because I kind of thought, I have no basis for this, but I thought I would read something about how people created Dementors or something. But maybe that's yeah, but not true. It's not, because like, it's akin to the Bogart, as she says, which I don't really understand. Like, It's just, like, it's drawn to certain things and, like, appears out of things. Yeah, and it's, like, an unreal... Like, it's real. Yeah. But not somehow. And, I, and it's created... So it has to be created kind of out of human... It's created out of emotion, yeah, those negative emotions. I think you're right. I remember something in the later books when the Dementors are around that, like, they're multiplying because... Ev because of, like, the depression and angst of people. Yeah. So, like, they're being summoned by people's emotions. Right. Yeah, it's like, Askren, they basically breed there and they multiply there because it's this horrible place, too. That is gross. Yeah, it's nice. No fun. I would faint, too, Harry. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, just because you're afraid. Yes, and there are the hands and the hood. Oh, yeah. But Lupin promises to help Harry fight the Dementors, which I really enjoy those scenes coming up. So after Lupin explains, gives us the lowdown on Dementors, he promises to give Harry lessons about how to fight Dementors. Mm -hmm. But not right now, because it's about to be the holidays. Right. Every book. Which is nice. We have to have the holidays, which I like. Festive. Yes. Although before everyone leaves, it's the last Hogsmeade weekend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
Harry's moping about in the castle and everyone else has fun. <laughs> He's such a moper. Well, yeah. I would mope too if I couldn't go. But, you know, he's Harry Potter, so good things also come to him. And who appears but Fred and George to give him the Marauder's Map? Mm-hmm. Which is magical. Mm-hmm. Shows him everything. Yes, and created by the... I guess this is where the, like, the term in fandom comes, like, the Marauder's Era. Because it's the Marauder's Map. Ha ha ha. I'm really dumb. <laughs> uh-huh. It's created by Lupin and Peter. I bet he didn't have a hand in it. He's too dumb. And James and <laughs> Black. Not that we know that yet. No, no. But their, their pseudonyms are on there. Mm-hmm. So Fred and George, while they are clever, have had some help in all this mischief making. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they had nicked it from Filch's cabinet. Yes. So apparently they got it confiscated. The Marauders. Yeah, I read... Maybe, is it in that article that they, like, kind of in their in their last year or something that pushing the boundaries too much and Filch caught it? Yeah, I want it... Uh, there is a Marauders map article on Pottermore. And for the most part, it doesn't really tell you anything that you don't know from the books. But I I wanted to talk about just the very last paragraph, which is actually from J.K. Rowling. And I'll just read it because it's short and it's really interesting. The Marauder's Map subsequently became something of a bane of its true originator, me. Because it allowed Harry a little too much freedom of information. I never showed Harry taking the map back from the empty office of the supposed Mad-Eye Moody... And I sometimes regretted that I had not capitalized on this mistake to leave it there. However, I like the moment when Harry watches Ginny's dot moving about the school in Deathly Hallows. So on balance, I'm glad I let Harry reclaim his rightful property. Yeah. Then I was trying to think, like, when he uses this in the future. Yeah. Which I couldn't. I, I do specifically enough. I know he does use it quite a bit, but are you right? I couldn't conjure mm-hmm. specific instances. So it'll be interesting to pay attention to this. And also if there's thing if there's moments where we think, oh, he should be using the, the right. map right now. Right. Yeah. Though I did you know, and it's it's the kind of movie animation, right? They show the little the feet walking around. Mm-hmm. But in this scene, if that's not how it is, because It, like, directs Harry as a person. It shows his wand. There's a little magic speech bubble that comes (laughs) out. It's very helpful. (laughs) Yeah. I always... I mean, even still now, but especially as a kid, I was always kind of anxious and curious about, like, aren't there too many people on the map that it'd be so crowded with their names and images that you couldn't see anything? How would you find anyone? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's only like 200 students or something, isn't there? That is not true. No? Well, are it, there's supposed to be a thousand, but the numbers don't add up to oh. that. Okay, we're going to get to more <laughs> she can't do math shortly. Okay. Oh, I did like this callback, though. Harry recalls the Weasley's advice 
that not to trust anything that can think for itself if you can't keep where it, see where it keeps its brain. But he decides, meh, it's fine. Yeah, friend, George have used it all this time. That's true. He's right, it is fine. But I do enjoy that little callback to the last book. Yeah. So, and you know, then they tell him all about the passages, and you can use these, and Filch knows these. So it's like, screw it. I'm going to Hogsmeade. Yes. And I, do we ever know who puts these secret passages there? Are these like castle designed secret passages because every castle needs secret passages? Or are these like illicitly dug? <laughs> I don't know. I. What purpose do you need a, something to go into the basement of a sweet shop? Maybe. Maybe Dumbledore put it there just so we could go get Nick some lemon drops. Okay, I'm gonna. That is now my head cannon that Dumbledore put it there so that he could get candies. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I don't think it's ever really made clear, but my guess is they're long standing. Yeah. And so he doesn't take the cloak, which I noticed. I did too. Which. It's just dumb. Why? To begin with. Yeah, like, he knows he can't be there, and he has this magical invisibility cloak. It, it's kind of weird because if he had the cloak, that wouldn't change how this chapter played out. And, like, not having the cloak, like, forgetting it is not a plot point in the chapter. It's just sort of weirdly not there. Yeah. Yeah, I was very aware of that. But it doesn't really, like, as you said, it doesn't really make a difference. Yeah. So he appears on Honey Dukes, scares the crap out of Ron and Hermione, I assume. <laughs> Ron's reaction is the best. He's like, oh, you learned how to apparate. <laughs> <sighs> He's not very bright in that moment. No, he just has a high opinion of Harry's skills. Yeah, like, that would be the natural assumption. No. And, well, Hermione's natural assumption is, you should turn that map in. (laughs) Though, she's like, okay, because Black could be using a passage. And he, Harry presents a reasonable defense, right? Like, three arcade, Filch knows these, and, Mm -hmm. you know, one's in Honeydukes or whatever. But... Black is using one of the passages. That's true. It's just the one we already wrote off because of the Whomping Willow. Yep. Yep. Hermione was right. She probably never gets her due for being right. But. I guess this one I just wanted to point out because this is really, though we don't get tons, like since this is the first time Harry's been there. We, as the reader, get to go to Hogsmeade for oh, the first time. that's true. And so, like, we're in Honeydukes, and there's all these cool, exciting things that you want to eat, and, you know. What is a fizzing whisby? I don't know, but it sounds awesome. It does. Or a levitating sherbet. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I love the idea of sweets, like, that are not just, like, oh, chocolate frogs hop around, but that do things physically to you <laughs> as a fun party trick. Yeah, the, what's the one that burned a whole acid pop? Yeah, acid pops. That seems like a terrible idea. <laughs> yes, it does. But, as Hermione said earlier, she wants to get for her parents, the dentist, 
those tooth flossing stingments. Stingments? Stringments. <laughs> those that makes more sense. <laughs> but still, what? And that's hilarious. And so as muggles, do they just get to eat all the fun? Like Honeyduke's candy too, as muggle parents. Yeah. Jerks. I want it. So if you can't be a witch or wizard, have a kid who's going to bring you sweet magic stuff. Yeah, and then you can get to go to Diagon Alley once a year. Yeah. Seeming pretty good. It does. But then your daughter erases your memory and packs you off to Australia. We're trying not to remember that. Okay. Oh. <laughs> so, but then they also go to the Three Broomsticks, which we have been to, by the way. Yes. Uh, okay, and I always liked Ron's little crush on Madame Rosemarita, mm-hmm. except I realized she's old. She she has to be old as dirt, and I don't <laughs> think JK realizes that because we're gonna get to the little conversation that she has with uh, McGonagall and them. But in that mm-hmm. conversation, she says that she remembers Harry, or not Harry, uh, James and Black when they were kids at school, you know, when she was still working at the Three Broomsticks. That makes her really <laughs> old for Ron to be, to have a crush on. Okay, but she's the barkeep. Like, you know, barkeeps are those... Or what, sexy and young? I don't understand. <laughs> no, because this is more of a tavern, so it's like a... Uh, you, you know, okay. they, they're ageless, but, that, like, that they're is not, old. That is not a thing that barkeepers have. Anti-aging yes. properties is not No, a- I'm not saying she's not old, because she is. But, like, in that she's old, but seems young and can pull she it off kind of way. She is older than his mother, I'm pretty sure. No. Okay, so she, say she probably has to be 25 at least, when the boys are in school. Okay. Okay. So then, so say for easy figuring, let's say that boys are in school at 15 okay. and they say they have Harry at 25. Okay. So she's, tw- for, she started at 25. Add another 10 years till they have Harry. That's 35. Add another, what? Well, 13, 13 years. That's not that old. I, that's at least as old as his mother, probably older. No, it's not. And, okay, that's totally a thing. There's, well, I think Molly's older. Anyway, you know, it's like, he's a young teenage boy, and I promise you ask- young girls in their 20s. No, anyone, ask any teenage boy, and they will have a friend whose mom they had a crush on. <laughs> Stacy's mom has got it going on. <laughs> okay. okay. This is a fact. Because there's some of them. And if if you're the barkeep at the three broomsticks, you are pulling it off. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Okay, so it's not that she can't do math. It's that... I, teenage boys have weird mother fantasies. It's not a mother fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like, okay, I, like, I notice and recognize that, like, 
not his age, but he's like too young to have feelings for anyone his age either. They don't know how that works yet. Not quite. <laughs> okay. So it's just this like weird fantasy. That's fine. It's not that not even that weird. Okay. I think what's her name? Rose Marta. She's got it going on. Okay, she's got it going on. Uh, she's having a very helpful, like, ex, uh, uh, explanatory conversation that tells us lots of things we need to know. Yeah, the Minister of Magic just felt the need to reveal all this to her <laughs> in a public place. Well, he's he is not known for being the smartest Minister of Magic ever. She just hate Fudge. Oh, He's going to try to kill Buckbeak. Are you telling me that you're on Fudge's side here? He was just a... <laughs> he wasn't really actively trying to kill him. He just... <laughs> more didn't stop it. Okay. I had no idea that there was a Harry Potter fan who was really into Fudge. I'm not into him. I just don't hate him, really. Okay. Well, it's Fudge and Flitwick and Hagrid and McGonagall. Yeah, and Harry hiding under the table. Yes. They let us know a lot of things. Yeah, we're all scared of black. And I think maybe it was Rose, Rose Marta who was like, you know, of all the people, and we kind of talked about this, like, were people suspicious of him? It's like, you know, that's not who I expect. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting, considering that he's, we know him to have maybe a bit of a reckless personality, as well as coming from a family who's well known for their dark wizard tendencies. Yeah, but he like ran around with the good kids. Yeah, I suppose. And I suppose he made his disaffection with his family loudly known. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But we get the big reveal of what we've excuse me, as what has been hinted at, right? That killing all of those people in the alley is not the worst thing that Black did. And that he and James were BFFs. Best man at his wedding and Harry's godfather. What? I remember being like, <gasps> when I read that for the first time. <laughs> that seems so obvious now. Not obvious, but we just know it. Yeah, it's hard to f- forget mm-hmm. that you know it. And then we learn all about the Fidelius chime. Mm-hmm. And how Black was supposedly their secret keeper. I thought this little detail was interesting, is that Dumbledore offered to be their secret keeper. Yeah. Because he suspected a traitor. But did he suspect Peter? I feel like if he, I don't know. He suspected a traitor, I think, because people, they appeared to know where the Potters were. Yeah, you wonder where his loyalty was or his suspicions were Yeah, at that point. And maybe he should have been more, he probably regrets that, not being more forceful or something. Wait, okay, but if, it also seems a little weird of him to, to take on. Being a secret keeper? Yeah. Like, doesn't he have bigger things to do? I mean, 
I can kind of see that, but the Potters are part of the Order. They're not just some random people he knows. Like, the Order is an organized fighting force. And he and he knows about the prophecy. And I bet um, Dumbledore thinks prophecies are, you know, he's yeah. paying attention. Yeah, I forgot about that. But if he had been the Secret Keeper, then either... Harry's parents live or Dumbledore dies. Yeah. I bet Harry's parents live. But then Dumbledore... Well, I guess... I guess that does both if he just keeps the secret. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah, the world would have been a very different place. Well, you could say that maybe then... uh, Dumbledore, Voldemort doesn't fall. Ah. You know? I mean, presumably if he then went after Neville, it seems likely that someone would have died to protect him. But maybe he would have never gone after Neville, having already decided it was Harry. Yeah, or if, you know, if it plays out in the same way and... Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's like the horrible thing that had to happen to mm-hmm. bring that about. Yeah. Interesting. But the Potters insisted on black. And then we get Hagrid, who kind of fills us in on the backside of the story, right? He was sent to pick up Harry mm-hmm. on Dumbledore's orders, which were suspiciously timely. And then he's like, black showed up. And I forgot this, that, like, Black wanted to take Harry. Yeah. And so he's like, I'm his godfather, which I get. But wouldn't, doesn't Black know that he would be immediately suspected of this? That's an interesting question. I mean, we can, maybe I can give him a write-off, like, his best friends have just died and he knows he's responsible in that he changed it like he's yeah i mean he, tan- tangentially responsible or he's feeling like that and he's just trying to like cling and protect you know his yeah he his has friend's to be son. filled with incandescent rage because at this yeah. point he knows that peter is a traitor mm-hmm. and yeah you're right he urged them to choose peter and not him yeah but i mean still like like, if Hagrid had let him go, not that he would have, but then Black's a fugitive with baby Harry. Well, I think throughout our time knowing Black, we'll know that he doesn't always have the best plans. <laughs> Figure it out as he goes. Yes, he's very much a by-the-seat-of-your-pants kind of guy. Um, Gryffindor. Yes. Well, okay, and obviously I knew this. But just being reminded that, oh, yeah, that was Black's flying motorcycle. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's a callback way, way to the beginning of the series. Mm-hmm. That, oh, yeah, Sirius Black gives him the motorcycle. She mm-hmm. really did have this planned out, I mean. <laughs> Sometimes I doubt her, but I'm wrong. She really did have it all planned out. We'll give her a pass at math. Yeah, we'll, get, we'll give her a pass at math. No need to know it. It's fine. And then they also tell us that, perhaps even more disturbing, Black seemed completely normal, or as normal as one can be, while in Azkaban. Yeah, which really puts people off. 
Though, I mean, we, we kind of learned that later how he was able to keep his mind more so. We do? Well, I don't he remember. Make, he, his explanation, like, it was still terrible, but he knew the truth. And since that was not an emotion, they couldn't take that away from him. Oh, okay. Now that you say that, I remember that. Yeah. 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 But we also, like, we do, this is our first hearing of, of Pettigrew, right? He was mentioned. He's kind of the one, like, running around with the gang, worshipping them, wanting to be in, not quite up to snuff, you know. And he's the one that goes, you know, they think bravely goes off to confront Black single-handedly, scene of the crime, yeah, and gets blown to smithereens. Yeah. And I kind of... When he's being described this way, I think of him as like a Colin Creevy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, completely. Yeah. I definitely, the first time I read the books, that's how I thought of him as like a Colin Creevy. And that like when we heard that Black wanted to take Harry and that he's normal in Azkaban, I was convinced he was definitely a bad dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's no, there's no ounce of redemption for him yet, because who could possibly know? Yeah. No. Not me. Uh, so now we have that bombshell dropped on Harry. He needs yeah. a little bit of a pick-me-up in the form of the chapter called The Firebolt. <laughs> so now that our Hogsmeade weekend is over, it's officially the holidays. Mm-hmm. And so the holidays are a time for coming up with dumb reasons to stay at Hogwarts. <laughs> so she kind of identifies it in this one. Yes, which I do like. Like, Ron doesn't want to be home with Percy. Lame. And Hermione needs to use the library. Yes. But as Harry points out, I mean, he sort of, he calls it as a reader, but, you know, that they were just there to keep him company. Yes. Which he was grateful for. Which is very nice. I do still feel very worried about his parents, their parents, but. <laughs> Weasleys have enough children. It's fine. Hermione, <laughs> on the him. other hand. <laughs> that just plays right into his insecurities, but whatever. Yeah. Hermione needs to go home. Yes, she really does need to go home. But, dumb reason or not, they're here because that's the way these <laughs> books work. Well, important things happen over the holidays. It's true. We took Polyjuice Potion over the holidays. What happened in the first book? Um, They learned, did they figure out who Nicholas Flamel was when they visited Hagrid? Was that over the holidays? I'm going to I don't know. Sure. Sounds good. Okay. So while he has some free time, he pulls out the photo album that we remember back from, I guess, the holidays of book, or no, it's not the holidays, it's the end of book one where he gets the photo album. Yes. Well, he's, Harry's a bit upset and distraught, understandably so, and is like, why has no one told me this, that my dad and Sirius Black were tight, and realizes he's had a picture of him all along, though he would never have recognized him. Yep. And the wedding picture. And Ron and, and Hermione are freaked out. Yes, because they know Harry. Yeah. They're like, don't do anything stupid. He's not worth it. 
Yeah, and Ron drops the, like, the only thing left of him was his finger. Peter's finger, after Black got done with him. And the rat in your pocket. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the rat in your pocket. Uh, so while they're trying to convince uh, Harry not to go after Black, and Harry's all huffy about no one telling him, they decide to go visit Hagrid. With Harry's plan being to confront Hagrid. <laughs> Yeah, he is really gung-ho about that. But fortunately, Hagrid is distraught. Fortunately in that it distracts Harry and he has some compassion. Yes. Buckbeak is facing a hearing in front of the Committee for Disposal of Dangerous Creatures. Yeah. What an awful committee to be on. (laughs) Well, and as the letter says... They, he has this court appearance, and he is to show up with his monster in London. <laughs> That's Bring a terrible monster. plan. <laughs> Track them into an urban center full of muggles. This dangerous, probably large, scary creature that we're going to later kill. But bring him to the courtroom. <laughs> oh. In a court... There is some great little interior interior thought about how Hagrid and normal people have different definitions of interesting creatures. Yes, or terrifying monsters. Or ta- you know, interesting creatures, terrifying monsters. It's a blurry line. <laughs> yeah, maybe they're interesting because they're terrifying. Yes. And Hermione later will go on to do a lot of work for Hagrid. Mm-hmm slave away in that library that she stayed for the holidays for <laughs> to find a way to let him off. So, they, you know, they, there's just that short, like, they went back and they all did research for a minute and the examples they found were so funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, this looks good. They let him off, except because no one was, like, could get close enough to kill it. Yeah. <laughs> That little stuff that she puts in there is always so good. Mm-hmm. Okay, I also enjoyed that the flower worms died from too much lettuce. <laughs> oh, that is sad but funny. Yeah. Poor Hagrid. Hagrid has a sad life. Don't say that. Well, I, I don't mean, like, your life is sad. I mean, lots of bad things happen to him. I don't know if the flower worms dying really counts. <laughs> no, that doesn't rank. Okay. Okay, but so far, he's been kicked out of Hogwarts for a crime he didn't commit. He doesn't have a mother. He's half a giant and people are <laughs> racist towards him. He's become a teacher, but that has turned into a debacle. And they want to kill his, you know... His favorite hippogriff. And, we and they are... sent him to Azkaban. Oh, yes. And they sent him to Azkaban. <laughs> and this is only book three. <laughs> that's most of the major stuff yes. out of the way. I suppose. But that's why we like Hagrid, too. And why Harry identifies with him in a lot of ways. Like, he, he's been through this, and he's still this caring person. And, like, help because of it helps care for Harry. Yeah. Hagrid is tough, but then it's Christmas morning, and we didn't really get the gift list this Christmas, and I was sad. 
You wanted some socks or something from the Dursley? Oh, well, yes. The Dursley's gift is always good. But, like, the whole enumeration of everyone gets him. We kind of did. I mean, we got the sweater and the chocolates from the Weasleys. But that's the only thing we get. Maybe that's the only other thing he got. Oh, Hermione got him a gift. I don't know. She's been so busy. I suppose. So, yeah, he gets Mrs. Weasley's gift. And then there's the Firebolt. Yeah. Impressive. Shiny. New. Costs a bajillion dollars. Gallions. <laughs> and, of course, Hermione wants to rain on his parade. I think she's justified here. Yeah, although she's not really. She's a, She doesn't quite come out and say it in this initial scene when she sees the firebolt. But she's, she's definitely anxious. Well, yeah. Because Sirius Black sent him a fireball. Which, she's not wrong. Sirius <laughs> Black did send him a fireball. He just sent it in a nice way. <laughs> oh. And, you know, Hermione kind of has a crappy Christmas. Because Crookshanks then comes in and attacks Scabbers. So Ron's all angry with her. From she should have went home. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> she's probably wishing she went home. Okay, and then the sneakoscope goes off when Krugus Shanks attacks Scabbers. Yes. Okay, we already have had this conversation. <laughs> but, oh. but why is it going off? Well, according to a listener, it's because of Scabbers. Yeah. And I think that's right. Based on this scene. Yes, even though I think the sneakoscope is not adhering to strict rules for how the sneakoscope should behave. Deception. Yes. You mean your lupin asleep one doesn't count? <laughs> well, it just seems like it should always be going off anytime it's near scabbers then. Well, that was my point. Yeah. But I think, like, in the story, it's a. I think they're right. It's supposed to be about scabbers. It's a little weak. Yeah. <laughs> But then, like, Ron, this this always seems like a disproportionately big deal between Ron and Hermione. Okay, and you, you were dissing Ron, you know, Ron's feelings for his pet, like, two episodes ago, too. <laughs> and you're about to do it again. If someone tries to murder my pet, I would be very angry. <laughs> But it's like, it's another animal. Yes, I don't care how my pet dies, I don't want it dead. <laughs> Though, and, and Harry pointed that out. You know, what is he's Oh, despite Ron's frequent complaints that Scabbers was both boring and useless, he was sure that Ron would be very miserable if Scabbers died. Yes. Turns out not to be true. But... <laughs> but. So you're defending this, <laughs> and then it's not true. Oh. And he'll lose him, but just for other reasons. He turns into a man, which is very a terrible creepy. man. <laughs> it's creepy that he's been living with I him know. all this time. It's super creepy. <laughs> oh, I did like the line that Hermione kept looking darkly at the broom as though it too had been criticizing her cat. <laughs> Okay, so if you were Hermione in this situation, you're being you're being on like team antelope right now. <laughs> okay. 
like in the nature channel. Oh, you're cheering. The nature channel TV. You're cheering for for the you know the lower ranking creature, the one getting chased. You want them to live, but what about what about the lion or the tiger or Crookshanks and Hermione? What about them? Okay. Well, I understand. If I was Hermione, I'd probably tell Ron that that rats weren't on the approved list of school pets. <laughs> you should they are. No, they're not. They are we on my list. Had this conversation. I know, and I'm maintaining my stance. <laughs> That's what I, I think Hermione should say. That it's a very Hermione thing to say. Yeah, Scabbers is against the rules. My cat's not. <laughs> Cats are against the rules. No. <laughs> uh. So they all go back down to Christmas dinner kind of cranky with each other. Yeah. But it's the best slash weirdest Christmas dinner ever. Yes. There's 12 of them. Only th- At one big table. Only three other students. Yeah. And they said about like... There's only one Slytherin, so they're in Slytherin alone. Yeah. And two Hufflepuffs or something. So. Yeah. Weird. And, you know, they just kind of have an enjoyable little Christmas scene where Snape gets pulls a vulture hat out of the cracker. <laughs> Which is reminiscent of Neville's grandmother's hat. Yes. On Snape. Apparently vulture hats are quite in vogue in the wizarding world. <laughs> Which Dumbledore gladly accepts as his new headwear. Yes. Uh, and th- I wish I would have wrote down some lines from it. But this, like, McGonagall versus Trelawney thing that is oh, going on. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah, the one, it's like, she's like, oh, where's Professor Lupin? And she tells him that he, you know, that he's still sick. Or, And McGonagall's like, well, shouldn't you have known that? <laughs> she comes back she's like well one does not parade the fact that they are all knowing (laughs) and there's there's another really good exchange but yeah yeah. I I didn't recall that there was McGonagall has such beef with Trelawney and it's just so devastating to her well I mean we got a little bit that first day of class too but yes McGonagall is too no nonsense for any of her, you know, seeing eye or whatever. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's it's with something with the table of 13. And she doesn't want to sit down. First to rise, first to die. And and then McGonagall's like, we'll take our chances. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it's a very good scene. Uh, but then or it ends tragically. Because Hermione has told McGonagall about the firebolt, and she confiscates it. (laughs) And then we really hate Hermione. Yeah. Okay, you kind of have to admire Hermione, because she knows they are going to be mad. Her best friends are going to hate her. But she, I mean, she can't live with, like, letting him have that, knowing full well that it probably came from a presumably dangerous man. Yeah. Hermione, you know, has principles and she's got guts. Yeah. Do we have a falling out with Hermione in every book? 
And every... I don't know if we had one in the second book, did we? She was petrified for a while. <laughs> That's right. She wasn't there. But I think certainly Ron and Hermione have a falling out, I feel like, in every book going yes. forward. Because that's part of their romantic tension. Though I never saw it as that. But anyway. Okay. Well, we'll definitely get there. Because there's quite a few of those moments. So yeah, Hermi Ron and her Harry are basically not talking to Hermione. Uh, and perhaps makes her feel a little bit... What's the word I'm looking for? So she perhaps feels justified in giving them a smart aleck remark about how um, basically she knows what's wrong with Lupin and they're giant idiots for not knowing. Well, yeah, giant idiots. But she doesn't tell them either. Well, no, because then how could she lord it over them? <laughs> yeah. Do you th I mean, is she concerned about this? I don't think she's concerned. Just like, oh... You're a werewolf. That's cool. Yeah. She's a very accept. She goes on to help fight for the rights of people like Lupin. Oh, yeah. She, does, she knows. She's not concerned. Yeah. But then we finally get to our Dementor fighting lessons. Yes. And you have to think of a happy thought in order to produce a Patronus. The happiest of thoughts. Because your Patronus, I I kind of liked hearing him explain this because I, I didn't remember. It's basically like all of those good things and only those good things. So it's a projection. And then since it doesn't, it only has the good without the bad, the Dementors can't feed off of it or destroy it. Yeah. It's basically the opposite of a Dementor, right? The embodiedness, embodied happiness. Yeah, and then it fights for you. Yes. In a cool animal form. <laughs> yeah, that, that somehow represents you. Yes, okay. And apparently, there were, JK said that there was going to be a Patronus quiz on Pottermore. But she said this, like, forever ago. And there still isn't one. I'm sure there are plenty of non-regulated Patronus quizzes. <laughs> it's true. But that's never really explained. <laughs> <laughs> Why? No. What you know? What's your creature? Whatever. Yeah, she doesn't really get into it in the books, and we actually still haven't really seen a Patronus yet, because Harry doesn't make a shape this first lesson. Right, right. Though Lupin also warns him, like, this is very complex. It's far beyond your years. You'll probably fail. Yes, and he first tries thinking of the first time he flew. Not good enough. Nope. And then he tries winning the house cup. Not so much. And then he tries, Harry, you're a wizard. <laughs> That's, that'd be a good moment. Yeah. Yep. And which, he produces something, but still not a fully formed one. Silvery mist. But that, hey, that is kind of like what you said about he should be afraid of all of, like, the terrible life of abuse he's had as a child. Like, that's what should be should be his harm in life. And the, so then, his Patronus is based on the emotion of escaping then. That's true. Look at me. 
pulling it all together. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, he does pretty well. Like, he gets a little, you know, a little missed action. But he also, like, the voices are getting worse. And he hears James for the first time. Mm. Which was kind of emotional. Yes. That's, that's gotta be so weird. You have this connection to somebody, but not really. Very confusing. Well, and we get this scene, too, that... That James, like, tried to take on Voldemort to give Lily and Harry time. And that's what's really, like, you know, this is who my dad was. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, this is where he first really realizes that it's not just his mother who sacrificed for him. It was also his father. Yeah. And then we learn about Lupin, too. Like, Lupin's kind of taken aback by this. Like, oh, like James? Oh, my old friend? Mm-hmm. And then, oh, wait, that means we're all, you know, James and Lupin and Black. Like, we're all in this. Yeah. And then Harry also struggles with, okay, I want to, you know, fight the Dementors, obviously not faint, but I also kind of want to hear this in a morbid, weird way. Yeah, which, I can, I don't know, I could kind of get that. Like, he's hearing their, like, that's their voice. Yeah, even if it's completely horrifying what's happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but he's, like, determined like, this is great, but I can't... Like, he knows he can't want that. Kind of like the Mirror of Ear said? Yes, exactly. I was thinking about that, too. Mm-hmm. So then Lupin's lessons continue, and in our, our next lesson, more Dementor info. He asks, what's under a Dementor's hood? Terrible kiss. A, ter- a terrible make-out session. You World's ne- worst. <laughs> <laughs> Necking. Yeah, no one really knows what's under a Dementor's hood. Because if he takes his hood down, he's gonna suck out your soul. Ugh. Yeah. You, but, Harry's like, oh, you die? No, no. You live just soulless. Which is much worse than death. Because you can live with your brain and your heart. And us, were you thinking about Voldemort? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, Voldemort, I guess, still technically has a small portion of his soul in his body or whatever. But, right, we learn, so this is why he can still live, why he can do this. But, right, I mean, Lupin portrays it as this horrible thing, and you have no sense of self or no memory. So I guess that's why Voldemort, like, I mean, he obviously has his memory, Mm -hmm. but his sense of self is a little... (laughs) Weak from when he was a child. Yeah. And Black is basically scheduled for the Dementor's kiss if he's ever caught. Yeah, they've been given the go-ahead. Yep. And I thought this was really interesting, is that Lupin questions if Black deserves the Dementor's kiss. Well, that's because Harry gets all angry and is like, he he deserves it. Like, rah, rah, rah. Yeah, but you would think Lupin... Lupin certainly has to have that same anger, but that's not his reaction. 
Lupin his is not... friend betrayed his other friend and got him killed. One, this is not fresh news to Lupin as it is to Harry. That's true. Like, he's had 13 years to process that. And Lupin's, like, the most level-headed person we have. Right? Yeah. He's so calm and even-keeled. And he's, he's like a, a lover of humanity and as someone who... Like, a lot of, you know, he is a an outcast himself, and he, so he's faced this ridicule, and, I don't know, don't you then kind of identify with other folks on the outside, and and want them to be shown grace, and I guess, all of that. I mean, I just think Lupin is just a really good person. He is. No one's doubting that. <laughs> I mean, but he's, like, an extra good person. <laughs> like, the, he's one of those kind of people that, like... You know, forgives people that have done you horrible, horrible wrongs. Yeah. Which, I I have to say, in this, I never, I mean, I liked Lupin well enough, but I don't feel like I really, like, felt like I really understood his character as strongly Mm -hmm. as reading it this time. And I'm like, oh, this is Lupin. He's calm, collected. Mm -hmm extremely kind like we've seen Mm -hmm. it in his like relationship with snape too yeah which is sort of a less extreme version Mm -hmm. of what he his feelings must be towards black but Mm -hmm. it's like oh i really am enjoying lupin this time around he's solid stuff yeah uh and then we end the chapter with harry gets his firebolt back Mm-hmm. Now we can stop hating Hermione. He's got Except. it. Except. <laughs> well, exactly. For about two lines, we can stop hating Hermione. <laughs> Until Ron runs out with bloody sheets and cat hair. And Scabbers is gone. Is he really gone? Well, what do you mean, is he really gone? Where is he? It's not, it's not a dead rat on the sheets. <laughs> <laughs> but where is he? He ran away. He faked his own death. Again. I forget how we get him back. Well, maybe he doesn't fake his death. Maybe the cat really is in there. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll be surprised. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but Hermione's like, oh, man. This again. She feels kind of bad, though. It's like, oh, oh, well, um, shoot. (laughs) <laughs> so that's finally the end of our jam-packed chapters for this week yeah we i mean we get lots of information and new things yeah the meat of it here definitely and i think that's going to continue in our next episode where we're going to read chapters 13 14 and 15 which are gryffindor versus ravenclaw so more quidditch mm-hmm. Yep. Snape's grudge. Oh, so we are going to find out, I think, about yeah. s- how Snape was treated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, and then more Quidditch. The Quidditch final. <laughs> All right. So we're going to put that firebolt to good use mm-hmm. when we come back next week. Uh, in the meantime, 
Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at, at Weird Sisters Pod. Uh, if you would like to do us a favor, you could rate and review us on iTunes. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. I have no idea what these next two notes mean, so. That's just an aside. I was really excited because plinth. This was like my word of the week. I heard this the the other day. I was like, what? A plinth block? I had to make a plinth block at work. And it's like this wooden base that supports other things. I was like, what? Plinth. Weird. Plinth. Plinth. And then I read it. Plinth. It was in the book. (laughs) Harry goes to sit on the plinth block of the suit of armor. Like he's sitting on the base of the suit of armor to shore himself up. And then, so like all those times I've read this book, that word has been in there. And now I'm like, plinth. Never okay. heard that. Plinth. I am reading a book that has the word plinth in it right now. What? It's true. Who knew it was so popular? I don't know. <laughs>